0: This is Jimmy Dore, uh, one of the giants in podcasting, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder.
1: Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Tom Simmons
0: created this group, and then I don't have think they weren't. Uh, this is the group of, you know, as a liberal that you've been telling your friends, your family, or the friends of yours that are conservatives, that you've been saying this is your people. This is why I seem like a dick to you for five years, <laughs> because I see these people and I see you supporting that. You know, this is your, this is you.
1: We'll hear more from Tom in just a bit. We have the song of the week from a band called Contact. They are from Boston, and I'm going to review the OMD show really quick that I saw. It was actually Bare Naked Ladies. OMD were the middle act. I'll explain all that later. But first, a word from our sponsors.
0: First, there was Vanilla Coke. Then Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mm. I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no
1: idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with the taste of Coke.
0: Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke, or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. Tonight, it's the home remodeling program for the rest of us. It's HGTV's This House is Fine Just the Way It Is.
1: Hello. Oh, your colors are great. Your furniture looks both
0: stylish and comfortable, and I love the window treatment. This house is fine just the way it is. So long.
1: This house is fine just the way it is on HGTV. Followed by, oh my God, what did you do to my living room? This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our home shirts websites, use the code COME HOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. Tom Simmons is a hilarious stand-up comedian based in Atlanta, Georgia, known mostly for his political and social satire. He does a terrific show you can find on YouTube and through Facebook called And Then There's This. And here's our interview now with Tom Simmons. Okay, joining us on PF State Recorder, it's Tom Simmons. Tim, Tom, how you doing? Why did I say Tim. (laughs) How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm getting in my car. I want to see if the sound is better for you on my phone or... All right. Or, or on my... In my car. Hold on a second. Okay. Okay. All right, perfect. I'd rather do it if I can have free hand in the car here. Okay. All right, now I'm good.
1: All right, sounds good. All righty. So, um... Okay, so uh, you were on tour with uh, Stuart Huff and, um... Uh, who else? Uh, I can't remember now. I, I interviewed him, too. Uh... It, it, um Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Cash. Yeah, 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 he was on the show a couple months ago. Yeah, and that was uh that was a lot of fun. Um th- was that a fun tour for you?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's a it's a, it's uh, it really it, it really is. It's just a different thing, you know. It's uh you know, comedy's pretty we're pretty selfish people, you know what I mean? Yeah. So sharing the stage and sharing all the who's making, who's doing what, how we, how you're working the business part of it, you know what I mean? It's hard enough yeah. to do as one person, but you put three people together and it's, uh, it just changes things. So yeah, I, I it was really fun though, to be honest with you. The, uh, it surprised me that it worked, one, and then two, uh, just that people are coming, the, that the hook sort of works and that they're, and when that audience comes out, it changes, it changes the show. It changes the dynamic. Like, Stewart and I have both had, you know, 15, 20 years of talking to regular crowds, you know, where right. not, all, not all crowds are like dope bananas, you know what I mean? There's like, yeah. there'd be a 70, 80% people that think the other way. So you're sort of telling your jokes against what the audience believes. Right. So it's a little bit, it's a weird shift to now being like these people that are coming to the show, they believe a lot of what we're saying. So it's a different shift. And the energy for me at least so for you but it's did, been pretty cool
1: to so for you were you doing essentially the same set you would do at uh, a, a comedy club anywhere in America or were you able to focus more on different things one way or the other
0: it's uh, you know we've, we've only done it a, we've only done it right now uh, maybe 30 times so I still feel like I'm just figuring it out to be honest with you okay. so I'm doing a little bit of both it's more like, it's more like. Let's say I would do a chunk on on religion or guns or or whatever. Yeah. You know, what I mean that 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 chunk may have five or six other jokes that I would tell to my friends, but the crowds they never they never really go for it. Mm-hmm. You know. And now there's the crowd will be like, oh, they'll let me do those extra three or four jokes, or um, it reminds me of a little bit of uh, doing doing an all black audience. Which I used to do a lot more, but there's just yeah. something happens where the energy shifts a little bit in people's worldview and it changes what jokes work or what jokes people are sort of put off by, or it, it sort of changes what the flow of what you're kind of used to doing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I generally write what I write and tell it to whatever crowd I'm in front of, you know what I mean? And then slowly over time figure out what works and. I mean, you know how comedy works.
1: Sure. You know? <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, well, well, doing this, of course, I don't, I don't have immediate feedback. Like, you know, I've, you know, I do open mic comedy occasionally, so I know where you're coming from on that one. But in this medium, and even when you, know, when you're doing your videos, uh, you know, there's that you don't have that immediate feedback, so it's a little harder to judge uh, what's working and what's not, unless you know you look at the number of hits a particular episode has, or. Uh, if somebody actually writes you or comments on a, a Facebook link that you've shared to an episode, so yeah, you're right. It's um. A little
0: yeah, yeah, it's really hard. You know what I mean? Or when I try to take some of that stuff to stage, I'll be like, huh? Like I <laughs> really, it's the way like you know when you write a joke, you like, you're like, ah, oh, that's a good joke, and yeah. then you tell it in front of crowds, and you instantly realize, oh no, it's not.
1: <laughs> that's like
0: I... they don't get it. Well. Talk. And so you don't get. I don't get that chance in the videos. You know what I mean? The, right. The video is the jokes I wrote and, and got to and edited to, and then there's none of that filter of a of six months of crowds telling me what's funny or finding a better line or realizing something's kind of hacky or you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's almost open micy. It's almost open. They said it's yeah, three, you take that process and you slam it into into. Three days, and you put together a, a, these jokes on this one subject, and then you tell it, and you know, in stand up, you do that, and then you find out you got three jokes instead of ten.
1: Yeah, well, um, the two things on that subject I know listeners to this show will, you know, will. Uh, I've said this before, I, I usually laugh at things that other people don't laugh at. And like when we do the open mics that go bananas, I remember doing one, I wish I could remember the guy's joke that he did, but people were laughing along with him. I was kind of like, eh... And a lot of it, I think, might have been more encouraging laughter. I mean, it was funny stuff. And then he said one thing. I literally laughed out loud, a big guffaw, and the room was silent. Nobody thought it was funny. And then, uh, you know Kelly Collette, who does comedy out of Cincinnati, correct? The yeah. lovely Kelly yeah. Collette. Yeah. She does a joke. Uh, to, uh, I, I know what it's like to to wear a tie to work every day. And the punchline is I used to work at Steak and Shake. And I love that joke. And it's another one. I laughed out loud, and nobody did. I said, you've got to do that joke again. So I encouraged her to do it again one time when she was on the road. And she wrote back and he goes, "Nope, it bombed." <laughs> so, you
0: just, yeah, you know what? Sometimes crowds are wrong. But uh, you know, yeah. did you work at Steak and Shake or did you eat at Steak no, and no, Shake a did, lot?
1: No, I've been there, so I get the joke. I think, it's, and it's a nice misdirect. It's a, ni- it's just a beautiful misdirect yeah. because you would see this lovely blonde yeah. woman telling jokes, thinking, "Oh, she must have be," because uh, she actually does. Her other job is um, she has, has some kind of corporate marketing gig. And maybe that was in the back of my head that I thought that was going to be the payoff, and here she comes back with the steak and shake things. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. Um, yeah. And then uh, and you, I saw you you uh, headlined one of our open mics one time. Not headlined, but you were like you you finished up. You were in town a day early, and you got up on stage and said, "I just wrote these jokes uh, the other day. I'm going to test them out on you." And you destroyed every one of them. Worked, and you were like, "Huh, I guess I'm going to use all these this weekend." It was just amazing.
0: Yeah, sometimes a lot of that is like that. You know, they, my notebook is really my notebook, and my and my and really Facebook now is more like my open mic now. And then it's like that becomes like, and then when I get up and do something like that, it's like these are jokes I'm sort of working on. Plus, it's a different thing at an open mic. You're there. It, it sounds shitty to say, but this is just comes with experience. You know, like you, it, there's an energy, there's an energy change that happens when sort of like it's just experience takes over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of oh, yeah. the ways to get to jokes faster or to, uh, I don't know, or people just, I, I, you know, it's, sometimes it works. How about that? Yes. Sometimes it goes the other total direction where it's like, holy shit, this guy does comedy? You know, it's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. Now your video series. So then there's this. Uh, you've been doing that for a while now, and uh, I always see it on Facebook. But where else is it available for folks to check out? It's on You. It's
0: on YouTube. Thought but it, so, okay. you know what I mean. There's very few uh, views on YouTube. It's not a. That's not the people that own it. That it's not really a priority for them. So they're mostly just about doing the Facebook. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's available. It's available there, and it's available. I guess you can see you can get to it different ways from my website, Tom Simmons Comedy. Okay. But mostly it's face, it's Facebook and their and YouTube.
1: Yeah, I love those, uh, especially the little animations that you add uh, to them that really help. Uh, you know, uh, send the jokes over the edge, uh, as it were. Now, you were saying about you know that tour you did with uh, Stuart and Clifton. Um, you know, you you say yeah, I know you're you you come from a certain point of view. But, you know, it isn't all one point of view, because there's certainly, you know, sometimes when, when our side is wrong, but as Bill Maher would say, one side is way worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember many years ago, like, in the beginning of the Bush administration, I was really being hard on Bush and, and 9-11 and blah, 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 and my, well, obviously most of my family didn't agree with me, and they, or most of the world, really, seemed like, but, uh... My brother-in-law was like, Tom, you need to do, it's fine, but just, you got to do the jokes from both sides, you know, like Jay Leno, and I just was like, you, do you not understand, have you never listened to the, to <laughs> the comics I like are, or seen my comics? I'm sorry, there's, the, the, there, you know, there's only one side to the truth, and that's right. the side I'm on, so yeah. fuck you, you yeah, know?
1: Exactly. And so
0: that's my truth. I find out as I've gotten older that I'm often, I'm often wrong. You know, but yeah. that's fine too, you know. That's, sure. But uh, yes, and liberals too. You get a crowd full of liberals, and they're, then it's like, hey, I want to talk about race. Like, I want to, this is, we're supposed to be the adults in the room. Right. Let's talk about things like the shootings going on, blah, blah, blah. And they, liberals get their pains in the ass also. So I got to learn that. Like, they don't like when you're mean, they don't yeah. like when you say the dicky thing. And then it's like, that's, that's you know, so I got to learn this in front of those crowds to, because if people don't like you, then jokes don't work as well. And, and then I hate that. You know what I mean? That's you just you, it goes in that direction where you just like it's animosity. So you want to have fun, and then and you're, I'm running into the same thing. Liberals are like, oh, he's talking about race. Oh, it's oh shoot, he's talking about abortion. Like we're supposed to be the adults to talk about these things. you yeah. jackasses. Right. You know that's how I feel. Right.
1: Yeah, and and really at the end of the day, your loyalty is to the joke, if it's a good joke or not.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, 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 and then I sometimes I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm wishy-washy. But the thing about the show, it's not really. We're not just getting up there and just slamming. It's not Bill Maher. It's not. Right. We're not going up there just going. Uh, Let's make fun of conservatives. Sure. There's, there's there's enough of that. And then what Stewart's doing is really talking about humanity as a whole. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. He's talking about. He starts with a question of. How does the mind close? How do we go from having a, being a little. Baby, that's just like ooh, water for for forty minutes, just pounding on water and fascinated by every aspect of it. To Jesus doesn't like transgender. I, mean, I don't want to do his act, but sure. it basically starts with how does the mind close, and then he answers that question for her, The length of his show, and then and gives examples, and it's I really I really am learning from being around him. You know, what I mean, it's like I'm a joke machine. Like sure. you give me a subject, and it's yep. like bam, bam, bam. Here's a bunch of jokes about it that I can tie together and he's it, it, so it's like oh you can he we sort of I'm sort of talking through sort of how to how to connect with the audience instead of just make them laugh yeah so it's fun you know
1: so, yeah so what do you make of this uh, the upcoming election now that the horses are in the gate basically
0: yeah yeah yeah. I have to refocus you know what I'm saying as a comic I I I basically spent six months writing jokes about. I had ten minutes on it, and then everybody cops out. It's like there's three jokes. There's two jokes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And now it's just the two uh, people I hated the most left. Right, right. <laughs> so I have. A, I'm gonna. This is one of those where I'm sort of gonna make everybody mad, you know. Or it's like I, I, uh, you know, I. Clinton's got a lot of shit that needs to be addressed. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't necessarily. I'm a big believer in that the, the banks and the corporations own it all, and they're mostly the banks and the people that own money. And I don't see how she's not a part of that. And so I don't. Oh see, yeah, totally. Know
1: yeah, and she didn't even deny
0: and she it. She doesn't have that. At least with Obama, I was like, I, there was, there was. I don't know. I felt like there was a goodness underneath it all.
1: Right. Even though I yeah,
0: realized yeah. he's the same kind of. But yeah. I don't know. I just, so her and then, the the other thing just seems like a joke. It's like when <laughs> I first, I remember the first time I saw Fox News on television, I was literally calling my buddy like a stocky and barrel and be like, dude, this is the sketch show I was, I was pitching you guys. <laughs> like, I thought it was a comedy. Yeah. And that, like, that's how, like with Trump, it's like that's, the only, it's funny until you realize it's real. And then you're like, uh, oh, yeah.
1: You know, well, it reminds me, do you remember the old uh, TV series Taxi? You're old enough to remember that, right? Yes, yes. Okay, well, one yes. of the one of the first episodes, John, who was later written out of the series, John. it's like the first or second show, he uh, proposes to a girl in Mario's, the bar next to the cab company, and they decide to drive to Maryland to get married. And when he comes back and they're married, he says, you know, we were kept driving the whole way, and I thought, one of us is going to call this off. And then when we got to the altar, instead of saying, ha-ha, no, I don't, I said I do. And this is what this election is like. Everybody thinks... You know, someone's going to call Trump's bluff, but now it's too late, and we're at the altar. So, well, that's
0: that's, that's it's a, he represents a huge portion of our of our population, and and maybe even part of who we each of us are as Americans. You know what I mean? There's he, you know, when Republicans, it's funny to me to watch them like anybody but Trump, and now they're all. You know, I'm driving around listening to talk radio seven months ago. And it, listen to these, the crazy, the Chris Humphreys, whatever you get in the middle of, the, you know, you know yeah, when yeah. you're flipping through the dial as you drive around the nation, yep. whoever those Sean Hannity's are all around, you know, they're you could hear them just baffled that the audience they created wanted Trump. They were trying to talk him out of Trump the whole time, blah, 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 you know, and then now they have to be like Trump. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. Like anybody... But Trump, except if it's Clinton, then anybody, then Trump. Yeah, yeah. it's just, they well, created this group, and then I don't, I think they weren't, uh, this is the group of, you know, as a liberal that you've been telling your, friend, your family or the friends of yours that are conservatives, that you've been saying, this is your people, this yeah. is why I seem like a dick to you for five years, <laughs> because I see these people, and I see you supporting that, you know, this is your, this is you. And they've refused to see it, and now they have to see it a little bit, and we get to see if me and you have been right.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the thing that's fascinating is I don't ever recall an election where neither side is completely energized by their candidate. I know there have been some where, you know, I didn't think that the Republicans were necessarily really energized by McCain or Romney, but way more energized than they have been, I mean, a sizable portion of them, than are about Trump. And then on the Democratic side... You know, not a lot of people energized for Secretary Clinton either. But the weird thing is that these people on Facebook, some friends of mine, they're, like, trying to point all this bad stuff about Hillary. And I'm like, look, she could have Vince Foster's head on a fucking stake. I don't care. I'm not voting for Trump. What are you, nuts?
0: Yeah, I know, man. I know. You know, uh, you know the comedian Jimmy Dore?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Yeah, he, I
0: didn't, I like, I, I, we, we got into, we, Touch base again after not being right. So apparently he's doing really well on that Young Turk show. Oh yeah, along. yeah. I really feel like he's really found that the way he yes the way he's doing it now. He's yeah, really yeah. Found, he's really figured out Jimmy Dore. You know what I mean? He's always yes. been hilarious, but yes, he's really yes. like how to get people that, to him. Uh huh. But he had he, he he was he was so mad about about her winning when it first happened that he was just went on a thing about the sucker Trump. Yeah, Peter yeah. Trump because yeah. I don't know. Have you heard his, Have you heard his argument for it?
1: Uh, I listen to his podcast every week. I'm a couple behind, but I listened to this last week's one where he went off on a big rant about F. Hillary and I ain't effing voting for her and yeah. So, I, I heard he that it, part He
0: made sort of a good argument to me about how it'll still, they all hate him, so it'll still be a lot, nothing getting done except a couple things, and what we'll get is a real progressive out of the next election. And ah, in this case, hmm. he's like, it's just going to send it to be where it keeps going back and forth because... yeah. They won't do anything with like her because everybody hates her. And, like, we just have to hit rock bottom and then get somebody that's a real progressive that's yeah. next. That's, and it um... was like, huh, the way he says it, this, you know, I'm one of those guys, whatever book I'm reading at the time, whatever, if you have a great argument for me, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm in. That's, you know yeah. I mean? That's a good yeah, yeah. pitch. I, I'm, I, you know. Well, like the one... so somebody's like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep, I love that idea.
1: Well, I like the one oh, thing you said about
0: that, you know, like he would say he would put in the Supreme Court people. but there's some, there's some, there's some real downsides
1: to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing Jimmy was saying, a, a line I like about his, uh, I like his a lot is, uh, you know, it said that the Republicans hated the, uh, the Clintons so much that they even tried to impeach Bill Clinton even after he deregulated Wall Street. So, right. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's another thing you said. That people haven't been motivated. I would say. I immediately thought of his election. I'm not really old enough to, I wasn't really care about politics at all or really pay any attention to it at that point. But he didn't like have like a landslide of people. He he won because of Ross Perot.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think what might happen to the select, this is my prediction, although I think they've already bungled it, is that the GOP is going to throw some third party guy in there, any third party guy in there. And if they can split the vote up three ways, Congress has to decide who the president is. And then they don't pick Mr. Trump, they don't pick Mrs. Clinton, they pick whoever this, you know, third-party guy is, and they're there, and then they're off. Yeah, I don't think
0: that they... I just... They they don't really have a choice. I mean, their other guy was... Their other guy was worse than Trump. (laughs) And Cruz was like... Like, he was... He was saying things like, "There won't be gay people in Ted Cruz's America." Like, yeah. what? What? Like, he was saying shit just as, if to me, worse.
1: I'm a Christian first. I'm a Christian first, and an American second. And people bought it. And said, "Okay, shit, sure. yeah. yeah, man, the uh, crazy." Well, uh, it's good talking to you today, man. Appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We'll direct people to the web series, which is brilliant, and then. Um, because uh, you'll be a go bananas uh, next week, and we'll keep people updated on your uh, other appearances as well.
0: And we're going to keep being doing sick of stupid. We're going to. it's just, oh, We're all trying to, you know, keep doing what we're doing. So we're yep. doing a sh- week in Atlanta. We're doing a we're doing Cleveland during the RNC. So oh, yay. you know, what right. I mean, we're into it, and it's in, and we're writing jokes about it. You know, what yeah. I mean, I just uh, I say those for comedy. All
1: right, <laughs> sounds good. Well, thanks, Tom. All right, man. Thank all right. you. Right. Bye bye. Thanks again to Tom Simmons for being on the show. You go to Tom Simmons' website, it says there's no upcoming shows, and that's not true. He is in Cincinnati at Go Bananas Comedy Club, July 14th through the 17th. So just check your local comedy club. He usually tours around the East and Midwest. And as always, uh, check out his show. His uh, his uh online show. So then there's this. You can find it on his website. That is TomSimmonsComedy.com. If you're a friend of his on Facebook or like his page, he uh, posted there. And uh, he said you can find it on YouTube, though. That is not the focus of the producers at the moment. Kind of odd. But do watch it. It's hilarious. It only takes about two, three minutes of your time. And he compacts a lot of funny into that two or three minutes, I guarantee it. All right. So I went and saw uh, OMD this past week. I was very excited at direct producer Lizzie. Okay, I went and saw OMD this past week, and I had to drag producer Lizzie to it. You think I was taking the poor girl to see the Zika virus. Uh, you've never seen a kid so disinterested in seeing a concert in your whole entire life. But um, we actually only stayed um for uh, OMD and Howard Jones, and I would have sworn to you up and down that uh Howard Jones would have been the middle act and OMD would have been the opener based strictly on chart performance in the United States because Howard Jones, it turns out he was the opener— and OMD were the middle act, and then Bare Naked Ladies were the headliner, which we didn't stick around for. I'm not mad at Bare Naked Ladies, as I've said before. You would think I would like these guys a lot. They're from Canada, they're quirky and funny. It just never took. I like a couple of songs, not enough to stick around till eleven o'clock at night uh, on a work night. So anyway, um, so OMD here. Let's look at look it up here. Have a U.S. chart have one, two, three. They have four top forty hits. Like I thought, okay. And Secret got to sixty three. So five in the Hot 100. Howard Jones has nine top forty hits and two top 10s yet he was the opener did an amazing job by the way did all the hits uh, except for no one is to blame kind of odd. i guess it's kind of a slower number and he wanted to really you know keep people pumped up you know through omd and uh very naked ladies and so forth so he uh, did all the other hits and then uh, omd came out and i think they were kind of behind the eight ball because um Howard Jones did such a good job getting the crowd fired up. I thought, well, I don't think, you know, I kind of underestimated OMD. Because I, I think people in this country only know if you leave. And I am essentially right in that. However, uh, people did seem to know the other top 40 hits, uh, So In Love, Forever Live and Die, Dreaming. So, uh, but if you leave, holy cow to people like there if you leave. Man, uh, that really, I probably got the best reaction of the night, you know, between OMD and Howard Jones, certainly. But uh, holy cow. And uh, I guess people like the movie it came from too. That helped a lot as well. But um, I also uh, didn't realize, and you know, I predicted the, the set uh, they would do last week, and I was only like two or three songs off. But I forgot when they're the opener or unopener, the uh, the track listing is slightly different. Uh, they usually will start with Anola Gay, which is you know gets people, which is probably a good place to start. You want to you know swing for the fences right out of the right out of the box. And, as uh, so they started with Enola Gay. When they are the headliner, they start with messages, and Enola Gay finishes the regular set, and then they go to the encore, and they always finish the, with electricity. And they did that, uh, as well. So it was, uh, it was very good. Andy came out and said, um, I will promise you, he kind of underplayed the thing. He goes, he, he kind of knew people probably knew Howard Jones better than people knew them, and certainly naked Ladies. And he said, you know, look, we're, we promise you two things, uh, we will be brilliant, and you will love us. And, uh, he was, he was right. The crowd, uh, seemed pretty happy. With uh, OMD. And I was pretty happy with it, too. Got to hear 11, 11 hit singles, as Andy said. Yes, I would have swapped out if you leave. And, you know, one or two of the other ones for uh, for some other tunes. But, hey, you know, what can you do? I mean, I would love to do it for a Telegraph. But interestingly, as I said, Secret only got to 63. But they played that. And normally when they headline, they do not play Secret. Instead, Paul sings Souvenir, which is one of the songs he sings, which went to uh, number eight in the UK. Or three in the UK, I'm sorry. And uh, did not chart here. Oddly, went to like nine in Canada. So anyway, um, so that was the OMD concert. Had a good time there. We are now to our song of the week, gang. I'm going to skip the credits, if you don't mind. Song of the week, boy, what a pain in the butt this was. So I download the new version of iTunes, you know, and of course, always a disaster. And uh, this time, no different. I used to be able to convert, uh, you know, iTunes, if you are familiar with the, how iTunes works, uh, they actually, when you get something from the iTunes store or you convert a CD that you own, it converts to their proprietary AAC format which is supposed to be higher quality. I'm a 50-year-old man with 50-year-old ears. I don't really notice the difference. But they also had the option you could convert it to an MP3 to import it into Audacity, which is how I record this program, and everything was fine. Well, I went to do that this morning, and they that option is completely gone. So I had to play it out of iTunes into Audacity, and, you know, I mean, it's a a workaround. It takes a little bit longer, but, man, what a pain in the ass, because all we're doing is supporting bands. And uh, this band, by the way, Contact, has a million streams on Spotify. But please go to Amazon. Don't go to iTunes. Go to Amazon and buy their single. Uh, the single is Never Stop. Kind of put me in the mind of No, No, No from, uh, I believe, Norway or Sweden. I can't remember where those kids were from. They had that hit out a couple of years ago, uh, Pumpin' Blood. Kinda of reminds me of that, but these kids are from Boston. It's uh this song is straight in my basket. As soon as you hear it'll be like, oh yeah. But uh the song is Never Stop by Contact. It's our song of the week on PS Tape recorder so long and thanks for listening.